0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. My name is Ryan McInniff, and I am your host, and I am the owner of Minute Women Home Care. Just possibly the greatest private home care agency in the history of the world. I'm here with Janet, who is laughing at me right now for saying that. Co-pilot. Janet is, <laughs> is the co-host of the Caregivers Toolbox and the co-pilot of Minute Women Home Care, also known as the greatest private home care company in the world.
0: Today we're based in Lexington. Next is World Dominance. World right? domination, right? World domination.
1: So, anyways, we are talking about something that's actually really near and dear to my my maybe not my heart, but it's something I'm always fascinated in. And um, it sounds worse than I mean, but it's money and it's 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 finances. I always find that I wish I wish I could just see how everybody spends their money because you can obviously tell a lot about somebody because money is other than time. Money is the number one asset that people want. Right? Everybody yep. wants their time. Number one, you can't buy time, but you can you can uh, money is the next one. And we've done a number of of, of articles about concerns I have. And this 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 was one of them. We did one on, I think I did a Blitz. I did a Blitz one. I've done a couple of Blitz podcasts where it's just me talking into a microphone because we just didn't have the time or whatever to, to get together. And it was about how baby boomers were, are baby boomers going to be able to afford private home care? And the thought behind it was, you know, I've read um, an interesting book um, called The Millionaire Next Door. And, it, 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 and it's maybe 20 years old now, but it's all about what a millionaire looks like in today's day and age. And a millionaire generally was a blue collar worker or somebody, the postman or, or a middle manager somewhere that saved his money, went on one or two vacations a year, put his money into the market or something conservative to, to make some money off of it, but didn't live a, a lavish lifestyle. And generally those that were living the lavish lifestyle overwhelmingly weren't millionaires and owned themselves. You were more likely to be a millionaire driving a Ford than you were a BMW. is kind of what this book was talking about. And they interviewed a number of people, and there was one that stuck out to me who was a salesman, and I used to be a salesman, and so I can at least relate to this. And it was about, you know, the guy had, I forget what he had, three cars, two jet skis, a boat, big house. He had stuff. He had nice stuff. And so he he allowed, this guy allowed the authors to go through his finances, and they realized this guy was, maybe worth a hundred grand. You know, on, on, on paper, he looked uh, on, you went to his house, he looked like a millionaire. You start all his assets successful. with all his debts. He's worth very, very far away from a million dollars. And I said, why do you live like this? And he goes, well, I have to spend my money as a salesman because if I don't, I have no motivation to go out and sell anymore. So I live paycheck to paycheck to make sure that I can continue selling. It's my motivation." Of course, I'm sure the authors of this book were just like, "What? (laughs) Like, what a way to live life." But anyways, it it came as quickly as it went. And one of the things I've always not worried about because it's so far away, but not far away. But it's it's there's some time there where the true baby boomer generation really gets into the time where they need private home care services. Mm -hmm. When you're in your 80s and in your 90s, you still probably have another what would you say a 10 to 20 year gap before the real crux of that go in there. Probably. Probably. So we, there's some time. But this article came up, this news news article came up just uh, today or yesterday, which was Retired and Broke, Bankruptcy Filing Surging for Seniors. And so it's all about um, how seniors are filing for bankruptcy. And, and the concern is why I bring up the previous podcast that you can listen to is if current day seniors who were... Known to be heavy savers and things like that are 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 going for bankruptcy, some maybe even some of that World War II generation is going for bankruptcy. What does that have to say with the people that are sixty and fifty and
0: who are still paying off college loans off? yeah exactly
1: <laughs> so I mean, I know that baby boomers are getting older. I certainly know that they 're the wave that that silver wave they always talk about, mm-hmm. but the silver wave when it comes to private home care. We're still, we're still waiting to get there, where we're going to be doing live-ins, 24-hour cares, things like that. I think that silver wave is hitting, starting to hit the Medicare world where you know they're over 65 years old, you're having heart attacks, you have cancers, you have issues. Diabetes is another big one, or, you know, hypertension, overweight, COPD from smoking. There's certainly plenty of things that are putting stress on the, the system, but maybe not us just yet. And so anyways, this this talks about um, a a news outlet jumped on a detail. Data from the Consumer Banking Project show that bankruptcy bankruptcy filings by people 65 and older are climbing. Uh, Basically, the risks associated with aging reduced income and increased health care costs. Healthcare costs have been offloaded onto older individuals. At the same time, older Americans are increasingly likely to file consumer bankruptcy, and their representation among those in bankruptcy has never been higher. So, people over sixty-five are filing for bankruptcy. What are your thoughts, Janet?
0: I I think it's pretty terrifying because, like you say, it's um, you know the generation that saved all their money. They're the ones that. Um, are able to afford the assisted livings for the most part and, and other things like that. And if you think of someone who's 60 or 70, there are a lot of grandparents and whatever helping to fund their kids or their grandchildren's education. So, you know, that, that money is, is dwindling really quickly. And another thing that's come along is people that do have um, – medical issues aside from the fact that healthcare is expensive healthcare will prolong life so someone who might have had a heart attack and unfortunately would have passed away might live though quite debilitated for a lot longer period which extends that cost to the healthcare system and that's that's the biggest hit we have so and people depending upon insurance policies and policies and all have things that aren't covered
1: yeah, absolutely. And and it says here that there has been more than a two-fold increase in the rate at which older Americans file for bankruptcy protection, and almost a five-fold jump in the percentage of older persons in the bankruptcy system, according to research compiled by the Univer- Deborah Deborah uh, Thorne at the University of Ohio. So I mean, you know, when you, when you're when we talk about private home care, Private home care can be affordable, but it can be expensive. It's all how much you need of it and how mm-hmm. – you if you're able to use private home care to stay at work and make more money and put money into your 401K and get raises and to grow with a company, then it's it's a necessary evil for lack of a better term. Hey, yep. it's, it's costing you money, but you're still hopefully net positive. But if you're looking at getting 24-hour home care – you're going to need a substantial amount of a nest egg to be able to pay for that for any any period of time I mean you know even just a few months there are people that that certainly couldn't afford 24hour home care out there now now and the other thing that I, I like to bring it up and we can certainly talk about this is you know I've I've always felt that like you know one of the things I've always said is is the New England educates, New York monetizes and DC governs, right? You have three major parts of the eastern seaboard that have primary huge primary functions and things. And then you 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 flip over to California. Huge economy over there. Mm-hmm. And it is a huge economy that you want to protect from wildfires, from floods and from muds because it helps push this economy forward. So you have two areas in this country that are doing quite a bit. And there is a whole lot of area in between and above and below that don't have the sexy companies and educations, Mm -hmm. educate colleges and, and important roles, you know, in this country as, as others do. And my my point is that we're in bubbles. We forget that not everybody lives, can live five minutes away from Weston or Lexington or Lincoln or wherever you live in these towns where the average home price to buy into the home is $1 million, you know, and the same thing with California. I have friends that live out there in, in, in the Palo Alto area. And, you know, you want to walk in the door for a small condo. You're talking, a million bucks.
0: Oh yeah. San Francisco and that that whole northern region is that way too. And then you've got the the agriculture, the food belt, and they've got people that are being subsidized just to grow enough corn for our cornflakes. Absolutely.
1: So so you know, regardless of the politics about it, it's very easy to forget that, you know, Boston, New York, DC, San Francisco to LA and maybe even San Diego, a lot of money there. Probably not going to be nearly the issue that it's going to be, say, Iowa, say, Nebraska, you know, where, where there's plenty of money out there, I get that, and then, you know, Warren Buffett's out in there and he's a he's billionaire, but he's one guy. There are still a lot of working class families that are struggling to pay for things and that's going to see an increase in um, the amount of bankruptcies that are going on because of the costs that are associated with it. Wages mm-hmm. are going up. The cost to do business is going up and all that eventually gets passed down onto customers. That's that's just the way that it ends yeah. up going.
0: I mean, if you just go to the supermarket and you look at packages or something you've you've bought for years and years and years, packages are getting smaller and the price is going up or the weight is less of the package. Yeah. And that's, you know, just the cost of, you know, survival in our, our, our economy.
1: Yeah, so they, they reduce the size of the portion, but keep the price roughly the same, so you feel like the price hasn't gone up, but the, the, the price per pound or the, the net price yep. or whatever it is has gone up. So here's something that says in this article, it says that um, they report that the median, median senior bankruptcy filer has a negative net worth of uh, 17000 just almost $17,400 and there's a there's a long one that I'll read and the the chilling proclamation report r- Uh, report says, for an increased number of older Americans, their golden years are fraught with economic risks. Absent significant policy changes that reassume the risks of aging and uh, effectively ensure the financial stability of older Americans, our data suggests that the trend of an aging bankruptcy population will continue. For older Americans, bankruptcy is too little too late. By the time they file, their wealth is vanished and they simply do not have enough years left to get back on their feet, so you're you're basically you know the two what are the two mm. favorite things that money loves time and compound interest right <laughs> those are those are the two things that money loves more than anything else in the world yeah and there and, and 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 compound have- interest can only work if it has lots of time, right? The longer time you give compound interest to the work, the more money you can make out of it. And they don't have any time, they don't have any money. And if we're being quite frank, they probably um, maybe have been out of the workforce for a long time. Or Mm -hmm. if they go back into the workforce, there's that ageism where, hey, maybe you can't do what you could do before, like we were talking about in previous podcasts and – Instead of getting their old job back where they can make money, they're getting a job that's uh, substantially less pay than what they were expecting when they left the job market ten right. years ago. Or and whatever they may it might have be. some
0: medical issues, be it small as arthritis or something, but you know they can't do what they used to do.
1: That's a good point. Or they've gotten to a point where they can no longer do what they're supposed to do, and they're mm-hmm. they're living, uh, you know, um, hand to mouth to yep. to make things meet, and they can't go back and do manual labor jobs or whatever they did yeah. that prevents it. So, in, I go ahead.
0: In uh, I I read a kind of related article a couple of weeks ago about um the housing situation as people get older. And there was a time when, you know, young couples, as their family grew, they got a bigger house or they with greater income, they bought a bigger house. And then there comes a time to downsize. And now downsizing is becoming very, very difficult because there aren't smaller houses because the land's been eaten up and they built condos on it or whatever. And they can't sell their bigger house, for as much money as it costs them to move into the two bedroom apartment. Because the the comps, as they say, if you watch HGTV, everybody's got like the, the super duper kitchens, and they have to sink a ton of money in their house, just to downsize to something they can manage. So they're stuck in their big house that they have to maintain and manage. Downsizing used to be the thing to do. And now a lot of people are stuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you used to have towns where you had entry level neighborhoods, you had medium levels, and then you had upper, upper middle class, and then you had the upper class section. And now it feels like especially around Boston area, everything's upper middle class, if not higher, like, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's the way it is. I mean, even in Medford, I live in Medford, it's about I don't know. Seven minutes north of Boston, and it used to be a big blue collar town. It was. It was not a town that you were going to go with your little kids to. It's probably a rough town. Towns around it were a little bit rougher, but Medford was a rough town. And you know, crummy three story three. What they what they did was they have three story buildings and they they turn them into three condos, right? And so now those crummy three condo buildings, the whole multifamily is going for a million dollars. A million, and it and it's a fixer upper, you know, and it's and they're and and the thing is they're selling, which means that there's somebody out there that goes I can turn that into a profit by flipping those condos into higher end condos and selling them for half a million dollars each, and I'm going to walk away with an extra two hundred grand or whatever business they have about it. But you do wonder like where's some where's somebody going to move? We have clients that are in Medford as well, and they have a very lovely house, and. You know, just what you said, like if you sell that house, you're going to get a boatload of money, but then where are you going to move to? Like, yeah. where are you going to move? Because to to move, you, there's, there's no other house that you're going to downsize in unless you move out of the state or you move outside of 495. Yeah, so it's a very good point. Yeah.
0: And if you go out to a place like in our area outside of 495, you're that much further from the services that you want access to. That, you know, maybe you could take a short hike down the street, but now you're going to be out on a back road somewhere.
1: Yeah, so it's difficult. Um, Maybe that doesn't affect, um, you know. I guess I guess from the outside looking in, right, it's like, oh, that's so tough. But then it's like, oh, sorry, guys, your houses have appreciated so much that you don't know where to move to. Like, I certainly can see both sides of it. But, um, you know, it's something that I, I watch a lot of the business news networks. I read a lot of the finances. And it is, you know, is I think it is a big problem that we're going to have where people are running out of money. People do not save anymore. And... It doesn't matter private home care, this industry, assisted living, whatever it is. People don't have the money to do many of the things, and um, it's 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 going to be difficult. And then, like you said, you know, if these people go bankrupt and they can no longer pay for private home care or assisted living, and that burden goes on to the adult children, and yeah. they start paying that burden, well. All you're, all you're doing is kicking that can down the road. Exactly. Because, because then you're, you're handcuffing uh, the next generation that spent money for this generation. And then when it gets to them, they're not going to have any money left to be able to pay for these services, whether that's hospitals, nursing homes, assisted livings, private home care, whatever it might be, they're not going to have. And then who are they going to turn to? Their kids to, to do that. So, um, it's going to be interesting and it's a concern. So I found this article in the, uh, the Washington Post, um, and I thought it was good, retired and broke, bankruptcy filing surging for seniors. And I I've, I've certainly had my experience with some seniors and um, you know it's, it's tough to think about that you're going to be working to the very last day of your life and you're going to work and work mm-hmm. and work until you can't, and you're never going to have that opportunity to be able to retire and enjoy some part of life you know yeah
0: it's it's really a, a daunting situation and I think it's also one reason that issues like anxiety and depression and other things are on the rise in older population because this is what they're facing every day yeah absolutely yeah
1: so anyways that gives you an idea of what what's on our minds you know I'm always interested in this type of stuff so if you have any feedback you can reach out to us um, I'm on Twitter you can just look at my name Brian um, McIniff Um, You can follow me there or you can make comments on the blog below or on Facebook. We're on Facebook um, with the Caregiver's Toolbox, so feel free to find us there. We're thrilled to have you listening. We have noticed additionally that our um, podcast has been growing quite substantially, so we appreciate that. And before we end this, I would like, we need to do an update on our last podcast, which was about the two older gentlemen that went to the heavy metal concert. (laughs) So, if you miss that one, we did a we did a home. It's called home care breakout, where it, it went viral. The whole country, everybody around the world was. It, it looked like two older nursing, you know, home guys broke out of the nursing home, and one last kind of trip, crazy trip, guys trip. They went to a death metal concert, a huge one in Germany. Well, the update on that, it was maybe not as romantic. As it sounds, it seemed like that from what I read, these two individuals were mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, They were in their 60s, so they were relatively young. And it sounded like they went to the town in which the metal festival was going to. But it also sounded like they were just at a local pub drinking beer. So it wasn't, I think everybody wanted it to be two older guys, 80 years old. Yes,
0: absolutely. You
1: know, maybe drinking a beer while they watch, you know, watch everything. (laughs) It seemed like it was a little bit more like two year old guys that had some mental health issues got out of got out of there and uh, decided that they were gonna go to the pub and and, and drink a bunch of, of beer. Which listen, hey
0: Hey, let's hope they had as much fun as our imaginary elderly gentlemen.
1: Absolutely. There Absolutely. You go. There's nothing wrong with that in terms of uh, you know, if you need to have some drinks every now and then there's nothing wrong with that. You gotta let loose. But great escape. It, yeah, exactly. But it wasn't exactly what we were thinking it was and no. hoping it was. So that was the update on that. That story. Other than that, Janet, thank you for joining me.
0: Glad to be here.
1: Excellent. And thank you all for listening. This is the Caregiver's Toolbox. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.